right? So we have something special today, right, Nina? Yes, uh, something very special, something close to my heart. I've done very uh, nominal uh, research mm-hmm. on this topic. So I think it's Jim the Baker. Uh, obviously, I don't know, maybe he made sweet rolls that weren't real pastries, trying to sell them off. It's kind of low-key for this, but uh, it was your decision, so that's fine if that's what it is. Yeah, that's not what it is. You're wrong. You're incorrect, Kishan. Incorrect! What? It's just Jim Baker, not Jim the Baker. No, it's... Then who did I research online if it's not Jim the Baker? Ha ha, you did it too. Researched the wrong thing. I guess the season three premiere is going to have to be about Jim the Baker. (laughs) The season three premiere is going to have to be someone who bakes shit wrong. Or someone who people angry and goes to jail. Or someone who committed wire rack fraud. All right. Like wire fraud? You get that one? Go, uh, go do some inventory, Kashan. All right. Uh, a lot like that, uh, <laughs> the brow level of our humor today, I think, is going to reach uh, highs and lows. Yes. Because uh, uh, when we were when I was watching uh, the uh, surprise, I knew what we were doing. But uh, when I was watching the documentary on this subject, I had a lot of big thoughts about humanity. And then I oh. and then I was like, we're also going to make probably some like small dick jokes. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be like a sine wave of brow comedy. We're going to hit high. And we're we're going to get low. We're going to get low. We're going to get low. Below the belt. Um, so welcome back uh, to episode four of season two yes. of White Collars, Red Hands. I am Kashan Basildor. And I am Nina Kern. And it's a Nina week again. So it I'm going to get welcome. it over to her. Uh, I do have one caveat before we start. I wanted to put a disclaimer in this one because we're going to talk about religion today. Oh, yeah. All right. That was not the trigger warning I thought we were going to give. There will be another trigger warning um, later about sexual assault. Yeah. And we'll give it before that happens. Yeah. But just as an overarching thing for this. But also religion. (laughs) Yeah, Just as an overarching before you start this episode, we are going to talk about religion. Uh, Me and Nina both identify as atheists, I believe. I don't think I've actually gotten into it with you. Um, Um, I identify as agnostic, but it's basically the same thing. Yeah, we're both. It's like, it could be real. I don't know. We're both agnostic atheists. I I would also uh, identify as an agnostic atheist. So our viewpoint on this is correct. And, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Might not be. Stop that. Stop that. Might not be from your point of view. And I want you guys to know if you're out there and you are religious, I don't think me or Nina have any sort of hostility towards you. And I don't think that someone who believes in God is necessarily a bad person. Oh, no, you're not a bad person. But some people that do believe in God can be bad people. They and that, that's all I'm going to leave you with. Terrible people. I know a few of them. Personally, and we're going to really dive in and get to know a really bad one today. And his name is Jim Baker. Jim Baker. With two K's, which is so weird. I know. I thought it was Jim Backer every time I looked at it. E-R. Weird. Doesn't make sense. So first, though, so Jim Baker, he was a televangelist who was very, very popular before Kashan and I were born. Mm-hmm. Um, the 80s would I is what I would say was his heyday, his prime. That was the height of Jim the Baker. The height of Jim Baker. So I'm going to give you a little background. In the early days, TV networks gave their quote-unquote free time to mainstream denominations. So that meant that preachers of mainstream denominations, which 
um, you know, Baptist, Methodist, etc. Um, all Christian, though. All Christian. Yeah, all Christian. <laughs> um, if the station did not have anything to fill the time slot, they would allow these preachers to go on air and preach. So that's how this started. So it's like when infomercials come on at like 2 a.m. Yeah. Instead of that, it was just like Bible Man came on to speak some Bible words. Do you know what Bible Man is? Oh my God! Yes, I didn't even think about that. Like yeah. that superhero yeah. Bible man. Bible man. He was a su- he is a superhero. Willie Ames, who was on Charles in Charge. You know a lot he, about this. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you know how much Bible man I've watched? I I mean I'd hope zero, but it's obviously more than that. So no, we had multiple VCR tapes of Bible man. Disclaimer: I come from a very conservative Christian background. I have changed my ways. I am now agnostic, but. Um, I unfortunately know a lot of Christian culture, like Bible Man, and it's not a good show. I'm going to tell you that right now. So anyway, when they were um, doing these free time 2 a.m. preachings, you know, there were some denominations that were excluded of evangelicals was one of these denominations that they really wouldn't let them go on air and make their own get their free time from the air so uh in 1942 the evangelicals said suck it and they made their own tv station so that they could get airtime and uh christians were really excited about this they were super excited for tv because they took the verse in matthew matthew 28 um 19 through 20 they felt like this was a way to live that verse and that verse is therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and fire in a place in the crusades but that's fine it's whatever when people don't listen, burn them. <laughs> that's that's it. So, but in the in the nineteen forties, uh, Billy Graham really he he really got on this train of let's film this shit and put it on TV. He oh, loved. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know who Billy Graham is, he's another problematic human who died. Uh, what two years ago? Three. Years he ago? lived that long. Yeah, I saw he, videos of him doing stuff in like the fifties. He was still yeah, alive as recently yeah. as last year. He died, Ooh. I think, in two thousand and nineteen. I'm pretty sure. That Jesus power. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit scared when he died because he's been like such a huge influence in the church. I like kind of thought that maybe the end times would happen, but they haven't yet. Or they are happening because of coronavirus. You thought that the death of Billy Graham was signaling the apocalypse? Yeah, Loki. That's my Christian upbringing. It's the like, craziest thing you've said so far. <laughs> I was like, I always thought, though, you know, growing up, and my, and my family would say, they're like, when Billy Graham dies, you better watch out. That's a soldier for the Lord. Once he's gone, we're fucked. They didn't say fucked, but they're like, we're in trouble. And then he died, and I was like, oh, shit. Shit's going to get real. Nothing. Well, I mean, we got coronavirus, so maybe shit did get real. But anyway, uh, right. <laughs> but anyway, Billy Graham, who, if you uh, research enough, he was a government puppet and a trash human, but he was also a soldier for Christ. And he really was the one who spearheaded evangel- uh, televangelism. So anyways, in 1960s, or in the 1960s, I'm sorry, a ruling from the SCC changed the fortunes of televangelists. Commercial broadcasters could now sell their airtime that they typically gave away for free. Now you're thinking, what? That, how does that, how's that make things better? Like, they were getting it for free, now they have to pay for it, but now they could buy better 
spots on the air. So you're, you're not just watching preachers at two o'clock in the morning or whatever, like the off time, quote unquote, off time is. Now you can see them during the day at 3 p.m., which is still an off time, but not as off. Preachers, could they could buy this airtime and they were super hyped about it because they were like, now I can brainwash more of America. And then they did. Nice. Yeah. Um, and the bad part about this was there was uh, really no way because the law of separation in church and state, I guess it, I think it was kind of working against them in the beginning to buy this airtime, but then it was also working for them because, because of these certain laws. I don't know the nitty gritty of it, but they couldn't really investigate what was happening with the money that these people were making off of it. And so it was really good for the preachers because they could do whatever the fuck they wanted with all this money. It's because they're they're tax exempt and they don't they don't uh, have the right. same. They're not like under the same umbrella as corporations. Right. So I don't think they're. Uh, you can thank yeah. Lyndon B. Johnson for that one. The 503C. Oh, yeah. Big Makes dick LBJ. Them, hell yeah, yeah. Who pooped during meetings mm-hmm. and made everybody watch him. Mm-hmm. Go back to whatever episode that was. This is episode three. Since there was no way to keep track of the money, these con, these con preachers, they knew how to weasel their way into televangelism. And we're going to talk about one of the biggins. His name was Jim Baker. <gasps> Surprise. And he and his wife, Tammy Faye, became two of the most successful televangelists in the 80s. Um, he did really well because at the time, a lot of televangelists and you'll see this still to this day when you, if you watch a sermon on television, a lot of times it's very fire and brimstone. You have the preacher just yelling at your face. They're like, you're going to go to hell. You're going to burn in the flame. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus right now. I feel feel your presence, Lord. I feel it in this room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then they go speak in tongues. Here's $5,000. The Lord is telling me to to tell you to give whatever money you have to me. He said, suffer the little children unto me and give me your money. Here is all the money in my 401k. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever sat through a sermon like that. I I don't think I've sat through a sermon in general since I was 12. I have sat through, I don't know how many sermons like that, and they're terrifying. It's like a Baptist style sermon, right? Is that is that true? I feel like there's a lot of um, yeah, pe- yelling and, yeah, and Baptist sermons. Baptist and Pentecostals. Okay. Um, Pentecostals, that's what I grew up as. We're a little crazy. Um, there's a lot of shouting, a lot of screaming, mm. um, speaking in tongues. Mm. Scary. Yeah, I, don't, I never liked it when people spoke in tongues. But... You know, that fire and brimstone style, Baker was not that way. He was relatable. um, And that's how he became so popular. It was somebody who was interviewed in the documentary I watched. They said he would act act as if he was talking to someone in their living room. He was very just personal, which I didn't really agree with when I was watching. Yeah, no, it didn't feel like he was talking to me at all. I actually didn't understand that. One bit, no. Nah, but this guy I seems will like- say he had more of a relaxed style. I would not go as far to say that he, I felt like he was in my living room. I felt like he was my friend, like I was having an actual conversation with him. I would disagree with that. But if you're used to that screaming style, it was toned down. It was definitely toned down. He was definitely more Joel Osteen than Billy Graham. We'll say that. Oh yeah, he was the Joel Osteen of the '80s. Because Joel Osteen is pretty. 
Uh, I was actually in a show in college called The Christians, uh, mm-hmm. where I played a character called Pastor Paul. He's the leader of a mega church, so I had to watch a lot of Joel Osteen videos for that. And the Lord is, he's like very the, the smiling preacher. He's always got the smile. And That's God just wants you to thrive and be happy and. You know, the more prosperity you put into the world, the more that will come back to you. You know, Jim Baker, he was cool. People liked him. Um, he was born in 1940, which means he's how old now, Kishan? So if he's 60, he was 21, 81. He's 81 years old now. He was born in 1940, and allegedly, he was poor. Um, he became... <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. He might have been he might have been poor. Know. He might not have been poor. Some he may allegations have been poor. Some allegations have been thrown around. We're not really sure. So he was born poor, poor guy. Uh as a teenager he became a Christian and he went to Bible college and in Bible school he was a Bible school dropout. Nice. Bible school dropout. <laughs> Go become an atheist. No Sunday school for you, Bible school dropout. But he met his wife, that foxy, foxy wife, Tammy Faye. She doesn't wear enough makeup, I'll tell you. She doesn't. This woman cakes on makeup. If you don't know what Tammy Faye Baker looks like, you need to go look up Tammy Faye She's Baker. She's got like raccoon eyes. Like she, and it was before it was fashionable. It was a weird choice. It was a very strange choice. And she was cute. Like if you look at old pictures of her, it's like, all right, you're oh, cute. Really? You when, cute. When she was older, I mean. Oh, no, it was she scary. Busted. No, so it was scary. No, no offense, even, Tammy Faye. Uh, no, but, like, but they got married on April 1st. 1961. What a joke. Yeah. And then they had two kids named Tammy Sue and Jamie. And uh, when you name both of your kids after yourselves, it's just weird. Hey, hey, hey. It's weird. Her name was Tammy Sue. That's so much different and than Jamie, Tammy Faye. Jamie instead of James. Stupid. Got him. And they started on a quote-unquote tent and sawdust trail and became preachers, which means that they were traveling preachers and so in 1965 they joined pat robinson's tv ministry and they were doing the puppet show on cbn which is the christian broadcasting network and it is still alive and well today and that's big time you get you land the puppet show gig on cbn i tell you mm-hmm. what you're you you're made you are, you're into it so then they ended up having their own Thing, and it was called Praise the Lord and PTL for short. PTL. Not everything should have an acronym. Well, this one does. PTL. And we're going to talk about PTL a lot. And so Jim Baker, he was a smart guy. You know, say what you want about him. Um, he knew how to kind of do business and kind of knew how to do this shit. And he, um, when he came on to the Christian Network, they were not pulling a very large audience. These weren't, and, you know, arguably it is still pretty bad stuff. Like, it's not good content that is coming out of Christian television. It's not good. Christian movies tend to not be very good. You know, God's Not Dead was a popular one a couple years ago. Not um, a good movie. Um, have you ever seen Passion of the Christ? No, I have not seen Passion of the Christ. Mel Gibson's absolute magnum opus. No, I have not seen The Passion of the Christ. I was 11 when that came out. But uh, Jim Baker was like, all right, let me fix this shit real quick so I can make some money. And so he copied Johnny Carson's format um, of his late night show, and he brought it to Christian television. And so they're show it ran like a late night talk show and they even had entertainers on it including mr t 
and Mickey Rooney. I don't know how they got Mr. T on their show. He'd be like, I pity the fool who doesn't accept Jesus. <laughs> These chains weigh me down like the weight of sin. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and so during this time, Jim Baker realized that he had a talent for fundraising. And he was like, oh, shit. I'm good at this. Throughout all of this time on his show, you know, they're like, hey, Jim, you need to make some money. Like, get some more get some more donations. He was really fucking good at fundraising. And people would actually hire him to fundraise for them. That's how good he was at fundraising. I mean, the man knew what he was doing. He knew how to manipulate an audience and get money. That is what that was. And he raised so much money that he became the second preacher to set up his own satellite network. PTL Television Network. It had a 24 hours a day. This was was its uh, little quote thing. It was 24 hours a day until the second coming of Christ. Jesus. (laughs) Literally. Literally. Um, But, you know, it was said at the time his show in his, like, station was the most professional of all the Christian TV shows and stations out there. Oh, yeah. the The second station. Was yeah. the most it had one to compete with, and they're like, "This one's yeah. this one's better. This, this was, one's this the best was, yeah. out of all of them." Hey, but it had over a million daily views and raised a hundred and twenty million dollars a year, and had a staff of two thousand, and was the second biggest employer in Charlotte. You know, his network was based in Charlotte. Most of his stuff that we'll end up talking about was um, based in either North Carolina or South Carolina. Um, but the Charlotte Reporter, which is a newspaper, uh, they started investigating PTL because it seemed like it was unregulated because it was. And, um, fair, very blunt. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it was. And what the biggest scandal was that came to light through all of this that really started the, uh, this was like the, it's not the tip of the iceberg, but it got the ball rolling. We'll say that was, uh, Baker was using his network for missionary efforts abroad. He had a preacher come in from South Korea and his name was Dr. Cho. And, uh, he, allegedly raised $300,000 for Dr. Cho's ministry in South Korea and PTL. They were going to, um, you know, build all this, this nice church out there, do a bunch of cool shit for South Korea. And, um, you know, he said on the books, it said that they made $300,000, but, uh, they never sent any of it to South Korea. Where did it go? Yeah. They, Where'd they, the money go? They promised to build a whole studio there. And they said yeah. that people were pilgriming, like, yeah, to, yes. To like to Korea that, yeah. and looking for the studio because and, they were yeah. saying it was there yeah, and it just and never, never existed. They, they never, never built got it. the studio. They never got the equipment. And this started a trend of raising money for specific projects and then just like not following through, which was not cool of yeah. Jim Baker. That's super they did uncool. It, they did it in like Brazil. Yeah. Um, there was uh, Cyprus. Bless you. <laughs> oh whatever um no but it was cyprus am i saying that country right i don't know cyprus? the country you're talking about it's in the mediterranean sea it's like right between greece is and- it is spelled c-y-p-r-e-s-s yeah that's cyprus okay okay whatever tomato tomato <laughs> no cyprus cyprus whatever so anyways they were gonna send shit there too and they didn't do it so there was a lot of people there was a lot of um Angry, not American, non-Americans, and a lot of people who would never be into God's kingdom because Jim Baker was not following through. All these lost souls. Ugh. And then 
He started offering trinkets for fundraising. And apparently, that's fraud. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Watching the documentary, they were like, this is where fraud started. I was like, really? I didn't know that that was considered fraud for you to like. I think it's the fact that they were like not using the money for what they said they were going to do. So like you can sell stuff to sell stuff to fundraise. But once you've like traded a good and then like or goods and don't use the money for its intended purpose that you put forward, I think that's fraud. Uh, That makes more sense. You've like breached a contract now. So the FCC, they got wind of this. They gave the investigation to a man named Larry Bernstein. And so Bernstein started investigating, found out that the FCC had licensed PTL to run a TV station in Canton, Ohio, which I don't, which I found very random. Um, I'm from the Akron, Canton area. Yeah. The beautiful city of, I'm sure, of Canton, Ohio. That has a higher murder rate. Per thousand people than Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. That Canton, Ohio. Because they're killing it out there. Oh, if, if it is other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really random because, like, Canton does not have a thriving television industry. Oh, really? All my friends all my go friends, to auditions all, in Canton, all Ohio. All my friends who went to film school moved to Canton. That's crazy. Yeah, they say it's the next no. Hollywood. And so, uh, you know, Larry Bernstein was seeing some flaws in what Baker was doing. He was not happy. So he subpoenaed the PTL and uh, Baker ended up standing 11 days on the stand about his solicitation. He went to trial, was on on trial for 11 days. And his uh, and it's funny because there's a there's footage of baker crying about it he was like this is the hardest thing oh yeah it's so shitty he's like that was the hardest thing i've ever had to do i'd rather go to jail than do that again oh boy did he only know Um, he turns around like bill Hader breaking on snl so no one can see that yeah no one can see that he's like not actually crying (laughs) also when tammy faye cries in another interview it all is the mascara. So, oh my god! All the mascara, and it, and then he's like, not even comfort. He's like, it's okay, honey, and he's like, not even comforting her. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, they probably had a loveless marriage. I, I think after a while. So, but when Baker was giving a, his version of the events on the stand, uh, he contradicted himself eighty one times. Hell yeah! Those are rookie so numbers. You gotta pump many those numbers times. up. It's so. How do you contradict yourself eighty-one times? And in the past, the FCC has found perjury a good enough reason to revoke a television license, uh, but they uh, they they didn't revoke it. So they allowed Baker. The FCC allowed Baker to sell his television station when he was investigated, thus bypassing future FCC oversight. Yeah, and there was like a weird thing because this was right after uh, Ronald Reagan became president. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Ronald Reagan, I think most. I mean, I think it's pretty common knowledge. He really sympathized with Christians and yeah. really pushed radical Christianity. Um, and he appointed a new chairman of the FCC before yes, this. He did. So, yep. And so, um, you know, evidence against PTL was really increasing, but Baker fought back and accused the FCC of being. <laughs> With the devil and said he was being persecuted. Yes. The devil FCC with the demonic hands and all of MTV and 
Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, and then after a while, the FCC in nineteen in December of nineteen eighty, they uh, they stopped taking evidence. They were like, "All right, this report's done. We're we're done here. We're done here." I really think it would have kept going, but I think there was enough people who were on Baker's side, mm-hmm. who, or who just didn't care about what he was doing. And so well, they made so much money off of it so too. So much money. So they really turned a blind eye to this, in my opinion, turned a blind eye to the entire thing. And um Oh, and that's where like the separation of church and state you were talking about really yeah, starts to take place. That's where it protects him. You know, it's like they don't the FCC doesn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. um telling a religious TV organization to do something because they're going to think it interferes with their right, right to freedom of religion. And it doesn't. Y'all just can't be shady. Yeah, like there's it's vague for a reason. It's so that people can use their brains when deciding these things and see that, oh, there's a shit ton of evidence that Jim Baker is stealing money from these people. Uh, and it's not just uh, some homely preacher you know doing god's work he was a good looking guy um he looks he looks like glenn from the ringer okay yeah he does he does good looking (laughs) most most preachers are ugly i don't know how many you know but the majority of pastors that i know are not attractive and he like dressed snappy and he was the joel he was joel osteen like no Mm -hmm. one hates joel osteen that's how like there are very few people who hate joel osteen yeah. He's very loved, very revered. He seems very nice. He I'm, seems like, and that's how Jim Baker yeah. was. People loved him. So, like, why do we want to throw, why do we want to take down Jim Baker? He's a nice guy. And so, um, you know, with this FCC report, Bernstein was asked to actually take things out of the report. And the chairman of the SEC had said the report needed to be watered down. <laughs> this were, These were the numbers. Uh, nine passages were modified. 134 sections were deleted. Oh, cool. 76 footnotes of alleged perjury were cut out. And obviously, all this editing, it weakened the report. It's almost like it was deliberate. It was like it was deliberate. And during this whole entire time, Baker was like, "Ah, you know, my television show is nice. My little satellite station's nice. This whole thing's nice. But you know what would make it even better? If I had a theme park. (laughs) Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, he had a theme park. Um, it was called Heritage USA. And Baker raised $100 million for Heritage USA. A Christian, So this was a Christian theme park. Um, for It was a wholesome place that families could go and spend their time. They had a really dope water slide. But $10 million of those $100 million found his way into found It found its way into his pocket. But this is crazy. When the theme park was made, um, it was the third most s- successful theme park in the United States at the time. Was this like before Six Flags? I don't know when Six Flags was invented. But neither do I, man. Uh, Knott's Berry Farm. I don't know what that one is. Uh, I don't know. It's like in it's in the Midwest somewhere here. I, Cedar I don't know Point. I like Cedar Point. But uh, people said going to the amusement park was like going to heaven. And they. Uh, yeah, because it'll bore you to death. Am I right? No, they had a heaven. good time. They had a good time. Well. Um, and they would call it vacation with inspiration. I hate all of this. Um, but six million people would go annually. That's a lot of people. No, it is. And it was big. Like they had 2,300 acres of land. And that sounds like a lot of land because it is a lot of land. But to put it in perspective, Disney World is 25,000 acres. So that ain't shit. But Disney World is like a town. Well, this was a little town too. It had shopping. It had a water park, which I wonder, 
Uh, did the girls have to wear one-piece bathing suits at the water park at no. uh, Heritage USA? No, they had to wear those old-timey uh like swimsuits where it's like long sleeve and it's yeah. and it's got all the uh, the rings on it, yep. all the lines. Yep. Um, a former employee was once quoted, and this is so funny. I died laughing. I like had to rewind it four times to watch it because it was so funny. But he said, "We had more than Mickey Mouse. We had salvation." So funny. And uh, you know, during its heyday, there was a twenty-one story building being built, but I don't really know why. Uh, but it was a big building. And uh, they had prayer areas. You know, you couldn't just have fun. You couldn't just go shopping. You couldn't just go to the water park. You couldn't just, you know, take the little train ride. You could also go pray. And it was called the upper room. No, they needed to call it the prairie. They needed to call it the prairie. They missed out on such a big opportunity there. No, 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 no. The upper room is biblical. Like, that's a... That's a name that's taken directly out of scripture. Yeah, and the Praria is modern and hip, all right? We don't we don't need any of that old school bullshit, all right? The great prayers, frames. You, you I tried to do you a great did, You did. You're throwing out feelers and none of them are coming back with hooks. But during all this time, the bakers, they were just able to floor, afford a more affluent lifestyle and they really weren't they weren't able to stop. And that was like something that was a huge uh, red flag, and they were pretty stupid. Um, mm-hmm. They really flaunted their wealth. They were buying expensive cars. They had multiple houses. They, you know, had really nice clothes. And when uh, Baker was asked about his expensive wardrobe, he was just like, God doesn't like junk. I don't know what to tell you, but God don't like junk, okay? Yeah. And um, a woman who would write captions for TV, she was noted saying that, like, in uh, 1980, you could really see the programming switching from, uh, you know, the sermons and the feel-good shit to more fundra- more and more yeah. and more fundraising. From Jesus Jesus to money. It was like you're yeah. watching the corruption right. take place before your eyes. There's, there's one – there's two ways that poor people can become rich. They can become rich and remember where they come from. Mm-hmm. And they they still live modestly. That's mm-hmm. like a that's like a Bill Gates, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Or, or Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Or they get a taste of it, and they they just need more. And oh, the, and, absolutely. And they just become dicks. Yeah. Like I, every mumble rapper. There's a trigger warning coming up um, that has to deal with sexual violence, sexual assault. Um, we don't get too into detail, but you know if that. If that will trigger you, please skip forward because I don't want you to be triggered. Um, So Jim Baker, he also ended up having a sex scandal alongside of this money scandal problem, um, his little fraud problem. Um, It's very interesting because a lot of times this is just referred to as a scandal and I would not call this a scandal. Mm -hmm. I'm laughing because it's fucked up and not okay. Um, So Jessica Hahn... She was a model and an actress, and she, I don't like using the word accused, but it was not also not proven in court, but um, her story. She raised allegations. She raised allegations. Thanks, Kashan. She raised allegations against Jim Baker and former PTL host John Wesley, John Wesley Fletcher of raping her while she was employed as a secretary at his church. And, um... You know, instead of just being like, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Nope. 
He just it's the best Bill Clinton impression yeah, I've ever heard best, in my life. The best Bill Clinton. <laughs> I could go on tour with that. I did not have sexual relationships with that lady. Instead of just being like, hey, I didn't have sex with her. That didn't happen. I didn't do the terrible thing she, she says I did. Nope. Baker paid her $279,000 to stay quiet. Kind of sounds like Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels. Mm-hmm. But worse. Um, and he he used PTL funds to pay her off. Which was also super shitty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so Baker also had uh, two sets of books so that he could just conceal accounting irregularities, which was kind of interesting. It reminds me of, uh, and there's a scene in The Producers, the uh-huh. Mel Brooks musical, uh-huh. where these Irish cops are arresting the producers who were falsifying the books. And they're like, I found two books over here. And he's like, what does that one say? Show to the IRS. And what does the other one say? Never show to the IRS. That's literally what this was. What it was just, was. and they didn't even do a good job of hiding it. That was the best part. Just it was like one's they on just, top of yeah, the other one. Yeah, it was yeah. just no, just like they didn't the like quote unquote like good books like that they were saying that shit was you know the not, doctored ones. Yeah, the, the ones doctored that were fake. ones, yep. the fake ones. They didn't even go to do a good job of, of doctoring them because there was still so much like Ill- irregularity in it. Cool. But um, on March 19th, 1987, after the news broke up that Han was paid off, Baker resigned from T- PTL. He admitted having sex with her, but uh, he denied the rape allegation, which is not shocking. Mm-hmm. And not it shocked. was the 80s, so no one cared. <laughs> right. No one cared. Which is, like, really horrible. And if, if you don't think there's credence to the Me Too movement and believing women right now, this is this is a pretty yeah. good uh, hallmark to why yeah. it's important that we had that, why this has happened. Yeah. Um, and so during all of this, John Wesley Fisher, Fletcher, why do I keep saying Fisher? John Wesley Fletcher, who also, who uh, Jessica Hahn said was involved like involved in that whole incident Mm -hmm. um he accused baker of homosexual and uh bisexual allegations and this is a huge issue for most people in the church like really that's the worst thing he did have consensual relationships with men like that seemed what it was like honestly that was what you know you look at what everybody had an issue with him like it was like the worst thing he did was have sex with men it's like oh i'm sorry he he was robbing my grandma he was manipulating my not my personal grandma that i'm aware of but like he was manipulating people out of money to no, fundraise. No, I get that, but like, did he suck dick though? Like, did he suck dick though? Yeah, but like, did he like put a bag over their head? Like, did he close his eyes and say no homo? Because then it doesn't count. Yeah, if the balls didn't touch, then I don't think there's any foot to stand on you here. You can cross swords, but if the balls don't touch, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, I will, I will put on glow in the dark condoms and lightsaber duel with any of my homies, but that does not make me homosexual. It's not gay. Yeah. It's not gay. Um, <laughs> sorry. So um, Jim Baker's, uh, he stepped down after the whole Jessica Hahn thing. Um, he thought he was just going to back. He, he just thought he was going to step down for a little bit, let the scandal blow over, and then come back. And that is not what happened. Um, so Pastor Jerry Falwell and if you are a Christian, you will be very familiar with his son, Jerry Falwell Jr., who is the president or who was the president of Liberty University, who is also involved with a sex with a sex scandal recently. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad, regular Jerry Falwell, he took over the ministry. And uh, this man was an extreme homophobe. He said, you can Google it. I thought about putting it 
putting some of the things he said in here, but honestly, they don't deserve airtime. Mm-hmm. And they're so horrifically homophobic, and they're so horrific. They're just horrific. Um, I don't even want to repeat. And I and like one time I said on the podcast, like, ah, you call it deer piss, and I call it lube. Like I say things like that, and that's nasty and foul, and yes, that's bad. And it's so why people yes. think I'm, I'm ugly. I've never agreed with you more on this podcast and, besides right now. And if I won't say these terrible things that this man said. You know they're bad. So he took over for J- Jim Baker, and he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to step down because this sex scandal is just the tip of the iceberg. That's what he said. He um, he also ended up finding out, like, all the mismanaged money. And, you know, PTL was a really big leader in the Christian community, so he wanted to take it over, and he wanted to make it a wholesome good thing again. And Jerry Falwell had, had an opinion on Jim Baker. He said that he called... Jim Baker, a liar, an embezzler, a sexual deviant, and the greatest scab and cancer on the face of Christianity in 2,000 years of church history, which I think is a little dramatic. So the first half of it, like the liar, the embezzler, even the sexual deviant part, like, okay, sure. The greatest scab and cancer on the face of Christianity since its inception? Yeah. No. No. Absolutely not. There are... I mean, we already mentioned the the crusades. The crusades once, yeah, those were pretty bad. They, uh, I don't know, ate babies uh, legitimately, yeah. murdered a lot of people. Popes have committed murder in the past. Uh, Catholicism, the church as a whole, is like stolen well, money he, from people for thousands be, of years. To be fair, um, Jerry Falwell probably does not count Catholics as Christians because you have <sighs> that age old date. In Christ. Well, don't talk to Jerry Falwell about it because he's going to disagree with you. All right. You're Protestant. They're Catholic. You're all Christians. Don't. It's not you a debate. Watch That's just... your whore mouth. Oh, okay. Um, no, a lot of people would disagree with you. But anyway, the board of PTL, they decided, Jim Baker, you're not coming back. And Good when, idea. And so this was so great, though. When, when they asked to leave, when they asked Jim to leave, they were like, okay, we need some restitutions. Which, I, I mean, like, all right. Are we shocked that he asked for restitutions? No, but this is what they asked for. $300,000 a year. Jim wanted a 300000 salary every year until he died. Tammy wanted $100,000 a year until she died, which she's dead. I don't know what she died of, but she's dead. I forget. Um, not only did they want all that money, but they wanted the house on the lake. I don't know what that means, but they must have had a house on the lake that PTL owned. Two cars and a maid for a year. Just one year. That's nice. So she that could teach Tammy. Off having the maid, you know. Yeah, she could teach Tammy how to take care of the house. That's sacrifice. So yeah. yeah. Um, and before Jim Baker left, he had paid himself one point nine million dollars, and most of the money money was in bonuses. That that's when Falwell calls him an embezzler. You're like, yeah, yeah. He did <laughs> like, really yeah. like. Honestly, you shot yourself in the foot for asking for all those restitutions because they are so monstrous. Like, they are so monstrous. It's like, all right, dude, you're clearly not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And this is in the late 80s, so that's like even more money than right, what you think. Right, right. That's a lot of money. Like, $400,000 in 2020, that's a lot of money now. Mm-hmm. Back in the 80s, we could do a little calculator moment, but, you know, it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. Uh, and then the other shitty thing that Baker would do that they found out, he uh, would sell mo- lifetime memberships for Heritage USA for $1,000. And so what this would do is it would buy members an annual three-night stay at the theme park, which doesn't sound like that good of a perk, to be honest with you. 
Like, that's not that long. I don't know. If that's all inclusive, you yeah, know, you yes. got a hotel, you know, maybe like food, like all the rides, entrance. I mean, and that's... For a, three days, though, I want a week. Honestly. At Jesus Park? I want a week. Hey. No, no, I don't want to be there a week. They had better... Than Mickey Mouse, they had salvation. They had salvation. Of course, I'm paying a thousand dollars for three for three nights. Yeah. Well, anyway, he sold tens of thousands of these memberships, but he only had 500 hotel rooms. Oh, cool. So, and then he also and they all wanted to come on Christmas. They all wanted to. It's Jesus's birthday, bitch. We got to celebrate. It's Jesus, bitch. Um, he also sold exclusive partnerships, which exceeded capacity so that he could raise twice the amount of money that he needed to build the hotel. And some of the money went to operating expenses, expenses, but, uh, Baker also pocketed 3.4 million. Nice. So he ended up getting in trouble. Jim got in trouble. So in 1998, he was indicted on eight counts of mail fraud again again with the mail fraud again with the mail fraud 15 counts of wire fraud wire rack fraud then in full circle we came back jim the baker oh but we're not done with jim baker you think this might you think we're winding down but we've got more to this story um 15 counts of wire fraud and one count of conspiracy and um In 1989, after a five-week trial, which began on August 28th in Charlotte, North Carolina, a jury found him guilty on all 24 counts. And Judge Robert Potter sentenced Baker to 45 years in federal prison. Yes! Which is... Justice! Yeah, honestly, honestly, this that would have been justice. It would have been justice. And he was going to have to pay a $500,000 fine. Ah, less than justice. He stole a lot of money, but I guess 45 years, that's enough. And uh, this is funny. He had to share a cell with activist Lyndon LaRue, or LaRouge, but this was the part I liked. And Skydiver Roger Nelson. Great. I don't know who he is. Um, but in the long run, you know, like if you've listened to any of our other stories, these people never get the full amount of sentencing. Like they get their sentencing, but they never end up serving the full amount of time. Never, ever, ever. Baker only ended up serving five years, which is. Yeah, I'd rather serve five than 45. No justice. No justice was served. No justice. It just sucks. And in the long run, oh yeah, so I already said that, five years in prison. And the IRS had been, it's just so annoying because the IRS had been auditing him since 83 and they just kept doing nothing It's that church and state thing again. The government doesn't want to get involved with anything to do with religion because they don't want to run into a church of state a well, church and state separation clause and what was crazy is there's a lot of controversy over this or a lot of there's been a big question of would he have ever even would he ever have been investigated if it weren't for the jessica Hahn scandal yeah because no one would have known like or people no would one, have known who he was known, but they wouldn't have thought about it well, they didn't care. Yeah. It had been, they had obviously been turning a blind eye for decades. I think the government is really like, just leave them alone. Like, even if they're, well, even if they're doing shitty stuff, just well, leave them alone. Leave we're not going to get involved. to a point because, you know, we have, we were talking about Joel Osteen earlier. Joel Osteen's church got a $4 million bailout during the pandemic. Yeah. When people, like, we've all been trying to sit out here and get our second stimulus check. Like, I haven't even gotten my second stimulus check yet. I don't know if I am going to get a second stimulus check because of my taxes, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you give Joel Osteen $4 million? Yeah, man. He had enough to buy, uh, what did he buy? He bought, like, the LA, the old LA Clippers arena or something like that. I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't know, don't but care. his church is in a 
former basketball arena yeah. that he didn't open when the like when the floods happened when the floods were happening yeah, exactly he's like i don't love joel i don't love any kind of preacher like that uh yeah mega church preachers are the worst da, 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 fake bro yeah they are no they are they want money yeah that's no, what they that's, always they're, are they're con artists um there's a church, a mega church by my hometown who like literally just copied what the fucking uh, Catholics were doing in medieval times and like selling tickets to heaven. They were selling indulgences? Yeah, they're basically selling indulgences. Oh my God. And this God. is happening now, like in now times. They're selling indulgences and like people don't aren't seeing that that's what it is. But it's just... It's just really frustrating that the government will give in, get involved when it's, like, convenient or when it's good. They'll protect the churches. But there was also so much mismanaged money. I do think it would have come to light at some point. But I think it would have taken a lot longer if the whole Jessica Thon thing hadn't have happened. Man, so if he's for five years, that means he got out in 1993. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been out since He's been out since before. He's been out since before I was born. And a lot of people, they didn't. And this is what's really crazy, and I've, I see this pattern a lot with Christians, um, just based on some things that have happened in my own personal life in regards to a pastor, but, and, but like, we see it with Donald Trump and extreme conservatism um, now as well, where there's just really a blind allegiance, mm-hmm. which I guess you could argue they have a blind allegiance to Jesus Christ anyway, and a blind allegiance to God, so it's not shocking that they idolize these people who claim to be christians or you know a leader or whatever um well it 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 doesn't help that they yeah they teach faith which is um not questioning but believing no matter what mm -hmm. because you know it's true somewhere deep down inside of you right and they also teach forgiveness highly so no matter what someone does they think they can forgive them and sometimes i think that makes it them not be able to see that someone might just be a bad person. Yeah, because there was a huge group of uh, fo- there was a huge following of bakers, and they um, coined themselves the Bring Bakers Back Club, and they wanted the bakers to come back to PTL and run PTL, even though they like ran PTL to the ground, and they because they did, they ended up running PTL to the ground because they were stealing so much money. They you know, clearly had been doing wrong things this entire time, but there were so many people who were just so blindly devoted to them that they were like, bring it back. It's not that big of a deal. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. What do you do? What do you do? Rape somebody? Uh... Ah, that was an accident. Like, no, it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's really sad and it's frustrating, but never fear. Jim Baker, he came back. He did come back. People, you got your wish. And in 2003, he returned to television and he starred in the Jim Baker show, which airs on Christian networks. And, um, you know, we were talking about Joel Osteen earlier and how he um, there's like this type of preaching. And Jim Baker also was very deep into this where it's like it's almost like karma. Basically, what they're doing is preaching karma. It's like feel good. What a lot of people a lot of people in my church would make fun of Joel Osteen and say that he was had, what did they call it? Like good feeling. It was like a good feeling Christianity or like, it's not real Christianity. It's just to make people feel good. Uh, it's not real Christianity. And that's what Jim Baker was. It was really like what you put out into the world is what you're going to get back. If you're a good person, it's prosperity preaching is what it's called. It's like the gold, the golden rule. 
Give unto others, do unto others as you, no, that's do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah, give what you get back. You get what you give. No, it's treat people the way you want to be treated. Not, you're going to get this, like if you pour out your time and money and. Yeah, you, you give people, you treat people by giving so that you can also, also get in yeah, return, right? Yeah, it's not like, it's whatever. And, but he, uh, Jim Baker has since full-heartedly rejected that. And he has embraced, and I'm going to say this wrong, a po- it's like a poly- wait, a, just, just say it. Apocalypticism. Yep. <laughs> that's what he has just fully embraced. And this is where people, like, are, they just know that there's going to be an apocalypse. Fuck yeah, this is Shadow Realm, Jim Baker. Yeah. yeah the, the Jim Baker you knew and loved is dead, and this is the resurrection of him, man. Yeah, and it's, uh, I hate this type of preaching. Um, yeah, it's culty. It's, it's culty. That's no, what leads to so, so many cults. Yeah, it's really scary. Uh, I've it's like the preaching on the end times and like this obsession with the end times that made me lose so much sleep as a child. Um, it's scary shit. It's not cool. Hell yeah, seals no. and horsemen and yeah. uh, like two foot. The, two foot blood pools Kashan after the battle right, in a yeah. valley. Um, Kashan is making fun of the book of Revelation, which is actually. How many trumpets? A, a t- seven trumpets. Yes, That's right. Seven trumpets will sound, and then all the Christians are going to go up in the sky. Yeah. And then we get to have like a bitch in eight years or whatever. <laughs> it's not going to be a bitch in eight years. The bitchin'. Antichrist is going to rule. Fuck yeah. The Antichrist is just going to be like goddamn, like Tommy Lee Jones or a fucking rock star. We're going to have a bitch in eight years, and then we're it's all going to go. Seven years Seven of years, and then we're all going to go to hell, and I'm going to get locked in one of those iron, the, one of those steel coffins from Dante's Inferno with all my boys. Okay, so what I'm finding out from this conversation is that you know nothing about the end times. Oh, yeah. And I know everything no, about the end times. No, you don't. You know nothing false, about the end times. False prophet and, and all that good shit. The mark of the shit. beast. Hell, yeah. Which is what they're doing with the COVID-19 vaccine. Giving us the mark of the beast? Yeah, that's going to be the mark of the beast. That's Hell what yeah. some people have said. They also thought the ATM was going to be the mark of the beast. Like the money dispensing yeah. ATM? <laughs> yeah. They said that was going to bring it up. <laughs> what? That's stupid. Because I, I don't really know why. I don't know what the reasoning was behind that, but I've heard that before. Um, but yeah, Jim Baker loves to preach on the end times. And he now, and um, so one thing he does on his show, he sells buckets of freeze dried food so that the audience can prepare for the end of days. Um, yeah, and he's done a lot of, he's done his fair share of writing books and prophesying. Um, and he also, like, it's crazy. Jim Baker has predicted every major, like, crazy event that's happened in the last, like, He predicted Fire years. Festival? He didn't predict <laughs> Fire Festival. But he did predict a school shooting, and then he said, like, Jesus came to him with an AR-15 um, in a dream. Fuck yeah. And then um, I love AR-15 Jesus. He, he predicted 9-11 on New Year's Eve in 1999. Don't know if you knew that. He predict, He says that he also said that Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Matthew were judgments from God, which I've heard that. Before. I heard really when I heard that it was Hurricane Katrina. He just said he was going to get wrecked by two men. That's that's different. Oh, shit. It just happened that Hurricane Harvey and Matthew. <laughs> Um, he also said the hurricane at Matthew was a message to Obama, but I don't know what the message was. It was stop kick aborting babies. I think is what that one was. 
I don't know. Oh, yeah? Yeah, That's Obama's what it was. aborting babies, so... This, <laughs> this hurricane is because Obama supports Planned Parenthood. Yeah. God, I, I just feel like I could just make shit up and just, like, be no, this that, guy. No, but what's so scary is, like, uh, you know... Maybe I shouldn't have picked this one because now I'm getting angry. But, like, this is shit like, I would Like, you don't hear. get angry every other week we do this? No, but this is, like, a deep-seated anger because of mm. this is how I was brought up. But, like, there was a whole discussion of, oh, well, you know, like, Hurricane Katrina happened because New Orleans, they do witchcraft and voodoo. It's not and true. that was God wrecking it's the not city. true. It's probably somehow racist. I don't... I'm somehow. sure. Who knows? And, um... This one, this one, he actually wasn't too far off on, and that's what's a little bit scary about this one. But he said, if we impeach Donald Trump, there would be a second American Civil War. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe that's just that's yeah. just an observation. That's, that's not a prophecy. That's true. That's true. It's just an observation. Just like yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, they tried to make it happen. Big chance. Yeah, but. You know, he also found a way to monotonize a uh, COVID. Monotonize. Little, 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 little. Make make one single tone monotonize. Monotonize. I think monetize, monetize is where you're is going. Monetize I got. I can. <laughs> can anybody tell I'm stressed out? Just me? No. Okay. Manny, you're you're stressed out every time you come here, so I think they just think it's normal for you. The COVID. He monetized COVID. Yeah, he did. So this, uh, can you read what he did? It's just this little imprint. He started thing. selling colloidal silver supplements and yeah, claimed and that they claimed, could cure COVID. Yeah, so this is crazy. So I guess they were like these little pills. I really couldn't figure out yeah, what they I, were. It's just, I think it's it's silver. It's supposed to be like the heavy metals are supposed yeah. to like help cure you of viruses. It's actually kind of the same thing that, um, what was that stuff you used to like put up your nose and it contained like zinc and it was supposed oh, to help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know uh, what you're talking about. It is supposed to curb flu symptoms. Yeah. That contained the zinc is a metal ion that supposedly like blocks viral particles. Yeah. I think that's the science in quotation marks behind this. But when I watch clips of the show, I remember just seeing there were just like a bunch of like like dietary supplements and stuff yeah. like lined up on the table. I'm like, oh, man, this guy literally just moved into like. Like he selling random shit, like yeah. Alex Jones does. Like where yep. he, he sells supplements to like keep the devil out of your penis or something. Yep. Anti Viagra keeps the devil out of your penis, guaranteed to keep you flaccid for seventy two hours. Um, but when he was selling all these supplements, the attorney general in New York was like, "Hey, cut it out." The FDC and the FDA also sent him a letter being like, hey, cut it out. And then the Missis the Missouri Attorney General and also the Arkansas Attorney General filed lawsuits against him for pushing the product. They were like, you can't do that. You can't just lie to people and say the shit's gonna cure them. Yeah. You can't do that. He's a snake he just he became he went he, from one kind of snake oil salesman to like an Actual yeah, snake he's oil morphed salesman. with the times. He like so. he knows he knows his audience and he knows like what they'll buy into, which is also what's so scary about these type of people. Um, I mean, you can argue that pastors are just con men because they know how to manipulate people and they know how to get what they want. And I'm really hope none of my family listens to this and hears me say that because they would be yeah. really upset. But that's how I feel. Um, but in April of 2020, so last year. Um, Baker was up to his old tricks and he was on his show and he was like, Hey guys, I need donations. Cause we're on the brink of filing bankruptcy. 
some things never change. Oh, yeah, because I don't even think we mentioned that earlier, did we? Like, when he was fundraising, he would always pour, he would always pull this, like, poor me kind yeah, of thing. Like, we when, didn't talk, when, but when the yeah, FCC was investigating him, that's oh, how he yeah. made, like, $20 oh. million, is that he's like, Satan is coming after us, and we need your money well, right did, now, yeah. or else we are going to fucking go under. Like, mm-hmm. we will not survive. Right. And he just, he finally... He does it again. He's like, no one's buying the COVID medicine. We got to do something else. Right. Um, but a lot of Christian organizations, they petitioned it, petitioned his show, and they were like, you guys got to take this off the air. Like, he's a piece of shit. And then in July, he actually suffered a stroke. But never fear. He's got. He's back on his show. So it didn't kill him. Never fear. Jim, Jim Baker is here. here. <sighs> well, so I, I, I think that's it. Yeah. For uh, Jim Baker. That's Jim Baker. The man who stole millions of dollars from what mostly from the documentary were elderly Christian women. Yep. Sitting in their homes to fund his uh, elaborate lifestyle and build a theme park that he also stole money from, who ended up going to prison for one ninth, one ninth of, of his prison sentence. Yep. And is just back to doing everything. His bullshit. Back on back his on his bullshit. bullshit. Yep. Fuck you, Jim Baker. He doesn't look 81. He doesn't. And his hands are weirdly tan. His face, not so tan. His hands and extremities, extremely tan. He has that good moisturizer, Kashan. He's putting on that uh, that cocoa. Yeah. Like, like suntan lotion. Yeah. But, but like that just on his extremities. Butter. So there goes Jim Baker with his Bible like always. Right. The same old scams and shit to sell. <laughs> That was the uh, that was the song I, I said that I had a surprise for you. Is uh... anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. If you wouldn't mind dropping by, leaving us a review. Yeah, double on the iTunes. Review. Yeah, uh, leave, leave us a review on iTunes. You can check out uh, our YouTube videos at Entertainment Buffet, who we yes. partner with. They're yep. a production company we partner with. All of our uh, podcasts go up on YouTube there. Uh, yeah, and we can make money. So if you watch it enough, so do that, please. Yeah, that'd be dope. We want money in the last. Three months, we made fifty six cents Hell off of it. Hell yeah! So those are rookie numbers. We can pump them numbers up. Uh, you can also follow our Facebook for updates on all of our episodes at facebook.com slash white collars red hands. You can follow our Twitter at white collars pod and our Insta at white collars underscore red hands. So uh, that's it for this week. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on another episode of White Collars Red, red Hands.